0: This is Earth. I'm Case Bradford. Thank you for tuning in to this episode with Nick. At The Holistic Nick, we discuss his journey, his health journey, healing his ulcerative colitis. It's a real tongue twister. For whatever reason, I had to do a bunch of takes. I'm still doing takes, take after take for (laughs) this intro. Ulcerative colitis, he healed it. And he's helping others heal their autoimmune conditions through nutrition, and holistic health habits, lifestyle practices. This is powerful, accessible portfolio of actions that we can take to upregulate our natural healing systems. And Nick is an expert. We, we, we talk about his journey. It's an inspiring one. He quit his high-paying job in finance to follow and pursue his passion, helping others heal. And really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you do as well. I appreciate you tuning into this one. If you'd like to contribute to Peak Earth in any way, I came up with a few ideas. One could be to leave a a review, a five-star review on the Spotify app or the Apple app. Those both always give me good vibrations. Another another way could be to share an episode on Instagram story or a tweet. Or you could write a letter to someone about it. Um, a third way could be to build a medieval castle with your your bare hands, and people say, "Wow, what what are you doing? Why are you doing that?" And you could just, you know, you, you're probably listening to the, this podcast. Hold on, let me pause Peak Earth. And or you're listening. You just tell them that the entire time you're listening to Peak Earth podcast, and um, you just tell everybody everyone who asks you about your handmade medieval castle, you just tell them you built it while listening to the Peak Earth podcast, and uh that'd be pretty cool. So uh, just a handful of ways there. Do whatever you want. Either way, appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. And I hope you enjoy this episode with Nick. How are you?
1: Doing well, Case. How are you?
0: Very well. Glad to connect. We, we've we been connected online for a long time. I remember when we first started, you were anonymous. So you were basically covering your face because you're I believe it was because you were still working for for uh, some corporate entity and didn't want you know your identity revealed on the internet.
1: Yeah, I was. Uh, so I first started my page. I was kind of just posting about stuff here and there. Um, and I started working with people. It was like a side side hustle, I guess you could call it. Um, so yeah, I was trying to hide that didn't want my employer to find out about it. And then finally made the switch to do this stuff full time and didn't have to do that anymore so that was nice
0: that's a big step i think a lot of people do that a lot of people are afraid not necessarily afraid but hedging their their self because it, you know, we do live in a world where something you could you say online can be misconstrued or you know even just providing we live in a strange world where even just providing authentic health information can be like deemed as almost like counterculture or against the grain or like something that companies don't want to be associated with it's pretty bizarre
1: yeah I've i've seen some horror stories out there that's why i was I don't think my company would have cared, honestly, um, but I've seen some crazy stories about people just not even posting anything controversial, just a general opinion. Like, I think this is healthy for you and they get crazy backlash for it. But yeah, it's a it's a crazy world out there. <laughs>
0: wow. So what was that led you to take take that step? That's a big leap. You're going from working at, at a company, from what I understand, it was a, a well-paying job where you were comfortable and then shifting it into a place where you are you know, following your passion and helping people to, to get healthy. What was that transition like?
1: Yeah, so I studied finance in school. Um, I never really liked that. I always had like this interest in just health and fitness and wellness in general. Um, so I Went into that career, honestly, just kind of chasing the money. Um, and I didn't didn't enjoy it at all. It was kind of like a soulless, just empty feeling that I had there. Um, so kind of decided, like I, I was dealing with an autoimmune disease. So once I had gotten over that, I wanted to start posting and helping people the same way other people did for me. Um, and so I started doing that and just saw like a crazy amount of people reaching out to me and messaging me and saying, you know, I'm dealing with like the same issue you are asking for advice and like can you work with me and stuff like that um so yeah I just started doing it on the side like I said and then it got to the point where it was like there's enough people out there and you know I can't it was a a, I was working like 70 hours a week so I couldn't do like put my focus on that and do this and it just got to the point where it was like I felt like I was limiting myself by holding on to that corporate world and I wasn't able to like fully help people the way I wanted to so I just Took the leap of faith. I didn't didn't take people's advice of having like two times your income before you quit. And I just did it and never looked back. So it was the uh, best decision I've ever made, honestly.
0: Wow. Props to you for taking that leap. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. It wasn't easy.
0: It <laughs> took some time to get to that point. <laughs> what was it like on that, on that first, you know, when you put in your two-week notice? Was that an exciting time and invigorating moment in your life and, and reflecting back, looking back on it? Would have been some things that you kind of learned along the way that you've been living this life
1: yeah actually so i was working in in finance uh and it's all the stereotypes of that industry i think are are kind of true to an extent um I, so when i put in my two weeks it was like the comp, like the managing directors i was reporting to i'd worked for them for three years and they just went cold like you want to quit like we want nothing to do with you anymore so it was honestly like the weirdest 2 weeks of my life when i put that in um and it it honestly kind of reinforced that decision i thought i was going to do that and then i was going to have all these second thoughts like am i doing the right thing should i do this what's going on here but the way they reacted and it was just it reinforced that decision and made it so much easier and it honestly it took me a while it was kind of like a breakup from from like a girlfriend or something like that but once I got it, it was like, you know, a few weeks out of it, just really focusing on coaching people and helping people full time. It just felt like such a huge weight was lifted off my shoulders. It was, it was an amazing
0: feeling. Awesome. And to go maybe a step back or a layer deeper with your own autoimmune issues, your own gut health that, that you went through and figured out, what was, what was that process? Like how, how did the symptoms sort of manifest and how long were you dealing with that? And then what did you do to remediate? remediate these, these issues? Yeah. It's, it's always hard when people ask like, when did it
1: start? Cause I feel when I think back, I always felt like my whole life I had like, I just had lower energy. I felt like I was kind of playing life on like the highest difficulty, whereas everybody else could kind of function normally without really trying. Um, and it never, there was never like crazy symptoms or anything like that. Even from like middle school, high school, I always felt these, uh, like difficulties, energy, digestion, stuff like that. Um, And it just kind of like got worse over time. I got to college and started drinking a bunch of coffee and going out and partying with people. And that obviously didn't help things at all. Um, And those symptoms got worse. Towards the end of college, it was like just intense, like bloating and constipation. And I I couldn't feel like, I just felt like I couldn't digest anything well. Um, And I just ignored it, partied, still did the whole college thing. Um, Once I graduated and I was working full time, I think the stress, um, it's, it, so what I had was ulcerative colitis and they don't know exactly what causes it. They don't know the exact like process of that, but I think the stress is kind of what set it off for me. So I was studying for a uh, CFA exam, which is pretty intense exam for finance. All the studying and the stress on top of my job and all that just kind of triggered, like I started seeing like blood in my stool and mucus and just crazy things that I had never seen before. Um, and I honestly ignored it for a while, and it just kept getting worse and worse and got to the point where it was like, okay, I gotta, I have to go to the emergency room. Um, so I got a bunch of testing done and CT scans, all of that. Uh, that's when I was diagnosed with it. So it was – looking back, it seems like I kind of had these symptoms for a while. They obviously weren't as bad as they were when I got diagnosed. Um, but, yeah, I think the stress and just unhealthy lifestyle kind of set that off.
0: Dang. Yeah, it's it's interesting how pretty much everyone – kind of goes through the beginning stage of life, you know, up basically through college and gets bombarded with just all kinds of stress and toxins, essentially low quality food, no, you know, real education as as to how to actually you know, get the body right and, and aligned with, with nature and working properly. Now, now I guess some of, the, some of the young guys, some of the young kids, you know, guys and gals are getting great quality stuff from, from the internet. But, you know, I think we're probably around the same age. Didn't really have much of that until <laughs> so I was like in my early 20s. So, it, yeah, it's, it's wild because I, I feel like everyone has this big load of toxins and stress. And then it just manifests in different ways for different people. Like some people get really depressed. Some people get digestive issues and you know everyone in between so it's it's crazy you know to think that we're in this world now where we, we we're gaining awareness and we're trying to share it out it is really it seems to me like an emergency situation at some times. where once you become aware of everything that's happening it's like i want to sound the alarm like i want to be able to tell people like hey there's something going on here but you also can't approach it from that like crisis level awareness, because then it's like people freak out. So there's like this whole nother layer of okay, how do I take this information, shape it, and mold it into a way that lands in other people's minds, so they're like receptive to it and open to it, and 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 down to actually kind of engage with with the information instead so of being like, oh, this is conspiracy. You know, I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna deal with my ulcerative colitis and my you know all the symptoms that come along with that instead of actually doing something about it. But yeah, it's it's wild, man.
1: It is. I that was part of like you were saying when, when I was younger, like growing up, I there was never this information out there. Like I had no idea what a seed oil was. I didn't if you told me EMFs were bad for you, I I wouldn't even know what that meant. Um but when I got to this point where I was like diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, that's when I kinda started I had always been on social media but it was just to scroll and like waste time. But at that point it was like I was trying to go through the traditional healthcare system, like working with doctors and nobody ever gave any like helpful information. It was just take medication, try to manage it. You're going to have this forever. And it's just something you live with. Started poking around on social media. And that's where it was like people talking about seed oils, talking about toxins in the environment, like all these things I had never heard before. And it, you know, for the first like few years I had this, I just kept spinning my wheels. I wasn't making progress. I was like, these people are, I don't think they're conspiracy theorists. Like they seem to be healthy. They seem to be living pretty well. So I might as well give it a try. Um, and I had seen messages like the Meat Mafia guys, and like people talking about carnivore diets and stuff that I would have thought was insane, like previously. But I was just kind of at that point where it was like, okay, what I'm doing isn't working. Started adopting some of those things. And that's, you know, when I got opened up to the whole world of like health Twitter and all that. And it was it was life-changing, to say the least.
0: Awesome. Such a beautiful, beautiful story. Because going from a place of suffering to a place of healing and higher level vitality is, you know, not, not too many are able to take that road and enjoy it, unfortunately, but more and more people are, and it really is, you know, beautiful thing. It's, you know, you can conceptualize this as a, you know, some sort of plant that is dilapidated and then it, you know, becomes into a a more flourishing state and it feels that way on the inside where it's like, oh my God, this feels much better. Uh, You know, I'm enjoying life a lot more now that things are sort of on point. What, what did your path, look like as you started to adapt to these ideas that you were learning about through the social media streams what were some of the like, kind of first things you did or habits that you implemented
1: yeah it it all started with diet just obviously digestive issues the first thing you think of is is diet so i did carnivore i, I honestly did it for way too long um so i, I adopted that and probably 75 percent of my symptoms within like a few months were just gone so it was like okay, something's working here. So I was scared to like get off of that diet. Looking back now, that probably wasn't the best decision. Um, And it didn't fully resolve my issues. So I felt a lot better. Like it was manageable. I didn't feel like I was dying all the time. Um, And then I started just kept digging deeper. And i hearing about like these personal care products and there's tons of toxins in there. And, you know, drinking water from like plastic and stuff like that. So I started focusing on like the lifestyle aspect of it as well, and just taking a more like holistic approach there. Once I did that, it was like every like all the pieces kind of started to fall into place there. I started feeling so much better. That last like twenty five percent of those symptoms started to go away, um, and that was also like digging a little bit deeper there and understanding more about gut health. It's not just Ulcerative colitis that was causing like bacterial overgrowth and leaky gut and all these other issues that I ended up dealing with. So I got testing done, and that was something I learned from health Twitter. Like my doctor, all they ever talked about was just inflammation. Like we'll we'll test your inflammation levels. You have ulcerative colitis; it's an inflammatory disease. We'll just see where the inflammation is. But there's people on Twitter and other social media talking about you know these other issues that go along with ulcerative colitis. So getting more comprehensive testing done opened my eyes to that. And I realized there was other things I needed to focus on as well. So that along with a more kind of holistic approach is, is really when I started making the progress and like finally got things totally into remission and, and living a normal life again.
0: Wow. That's amazing. I feel to me, I, I don't know this, but my, my general sense is that most people with ulcerative colitis essentially just stay on meds their whole life and sort of just play the symptom mitigation game.
1: Yeah. It's, it's scary too. Cause there's, uh, the drug I started on, I only took it for about a month. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a biologic, any of these like intense drugs that some people take. So I was lucky. I think a lot of people get onto those, like their doctor immediately says, start on these biologics. And those are like, your body becomes dependent on them. It has tons of side effects. So people start there and then it's like it's almost impossible for them to get off of it even if they do you know all these diet and lifestyle changes it's still really hard for them to kind of ease off of that because their body's so dependent on it Um, but yeah that's that's why you know doing what I'm doing now it it feels rewarding compared to my previous career because there's people I talk to and they don't even know about like there's alternatives out there they don't even know their doctor doesn't even talk to them about their diet or their sleep or their stress and when I tell them these things it's like holy cow like I didn't know any of this stuff so it's uh it's pretty crazy
0: that is awesome I haven't heard the term biologic before what what's a biologic
1: I'm not very very well versed on them they're it's like a just more intense drug so like the drug I was taking like mzaumine is just I don't know the difference between them I'm not a unfortunately not an expert on the medications (laughs) but Um, it's a it's a more intense drug they use it like there's humera and stuff that they use for like uh, arthritis those are also used for things like um, ulcerative colitis and different inflammatory diseases but they're intense they're like the i guess you could compare it to like a handgun versus like a grenade or something <laughs> like that it's they're pretty intense they don't sound biological at all <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing they're they're it's just a like a synthetic medication, and everybody, yeah, that's all the doctors talk about, and they just become dependent on it. And people have this like tunnel vision on medication is the only way to do it. You can only manage it. You can't get rid of it. I haven't heard of anybody honestly that that went on those types of drugs and went into remission and was able to get off the medication. So it's just a lifelong customer type of thing. There,
0: they're so good at naming and marketing these things. It's
1: like. <laughs> They are, yeah. could
0: name that more accurately, it would not be biologic. It'd just be like <laughs> some sort of lab, like deep laboratory, you know, experiment where it's like bolus, of, you know, chemical bomb, chemical grenade, like like you just <laughs> crazy.
1: Yeah, it's uh, that's honestly what I. Every time I think of like medications and pharmaceuticals and stuff, I just think of like a evil scientist in like a lab <laughs> somewhere just <laughs> cooking up these medications. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I feel like most people are on some form of chemical grenade now. And it's it's a really sad situation because it feels to me having gone through the sort of integration process of learning about these holistic health habits and, and applying them to my life. They're not they're not too terribly complex or difficult. They, they're fairly simple and easy. Something like, you know, although they're they're different. Like they might make you seem a little bit weird sometimes if you're the you know only barefoot person at the park, but there's <laughs> some real, real uh, esoteric power to, to understanding earthing and the fact that there's an electromagnetic energy to the surface of the planet. And if you are touching that with your bare skin, you're bringing down inflammation, bringing down cortisol, and increasing your heart rate variability and balancing your ion systems so that you can better mitigate stress and live sort of a more relaxed and and easy life it's and that's just one one step is you know just hey taking the shoes off taking off the plastic soles that are insulating us from this healing energy and being barefoot and there are others kind of similar in in that similar vein that are just free accessible powerful
1: yeah it's it's funny you say that i was actually at the park yesterday (laughs) I was standing there barefoot, and there was a bunch of people walking by, just kind of looking at me, like, "What is this <laughs> crazy guy doing?" Everybody's got their shoes on or their sandals. Uh, but yeah, it, I agree with that. It's when I went to that that portion of my life where I started focusing on these other like grounding and sunlight and all that. Honestly, I had to unlearn like all the dogma and stuff that you just your entire life you're just told like this is the way. These are the things you do. This is what health is, and it took me a while to kind of unlearn that before I could even start thinking about like implementing these things. Cause I, I would try some of them and I still had those thoughts in the back of my head. Like this is kind of BS. There's no way standing in grass is going to help me. Um, so yeah, that was, that was more important than actually just trying to start to do these things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is amazing because yeah, there's that one component of it where it's, learning the the new thing, but then the other one is sort of like rejecting the old thing. So there is that, you know, two-headed, double-edged sword kind of approach or battle to implementing new ideas and, and actually going through the process of lifestyle change. And you're in, um you're in South Beach, Miami. Is that, is that true?
1: I'm so I'm downtown right now. I'm not in South Beach. I wish I was. It's a little more, uh, a little more of my, my style <laughs> over there near the beach and everything, but I spent a good good amount of time over on the beach and Muscle Beach and all that.
0: It's a beautiful beautiful area. The um, yeah that that outdoor gym is, I'd say potentially it's it's better than the one that is here in Santa Monica in, in some ways because it, you've got there's like kettlebells, there's basically a full gym. There's like bench pressing and squatting equipment as well as having some more um, like calisthenics type bars and there's a heavy bag. It's a great gym. I, I wish more towns and cities had things like that just outdoor public gyms because it's such an amazing asset and such an amazing valuable place for for, for places to have it's, it's it's kind of bizarre to me that children get playgrounds everywhere i mean that's not bizarre that's great <laughs> <laughs> like, Why not? there's nothing for adults there's no you know gym or playground for, for adults and it's 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 a shame because it, it's such a valuable place
1: yeah i agree i i spend like even days where i'm not going to actually lift weights there I'll just go and kind of spin around on the bars and do I've been watching your videos I've been trying to do more (laughs) of like the uh, handstands and stuff like that it does it feels it feels like I did when I was a kid and I'm just kind of playing around on the monkey bars and stuff like that it's such a freeing feeling you just feel so alive when you're doing stuff like that as opposed to sitting in a gym under blue lights and just lifting weights on a machine or something like that
0: it's another, it's another one of those things like earthing where it's free and it's accessible. It's just kind of, but you need to do kind of look a little bit, you know, different or, you know, weird if you're hanging on a tree or climbing a tree or, you know, doing handstands, but it's just so very nourishing to be able to access that childlike engagement with movement, you know, relationship with our bodies and in, in the environment where it's not, you know, everything's not in these right angles and in boxes and, you know, doing so, everything for a purpose. It's like, I'm just doing this for fun. You know, I don't need, everything doesn't need to have like a, a set and rep count to it. I'm just kind of doing this to explore and, and play. And that's, that's another thing where it's, it's, it's just right there for us. And, and there's a, a deep level of, of nourishment and, and at a soul level, like our soul enjoys, I think playing. And even what we're doing here, this is, this is a form of, of, of playing and having conversation can be played. It doesn't always have to be about exchanging, you know, information. I think sometimes, sometimes we forget that.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'm a big fan of those videos you post because I think it shows like people think they want to get they want to get big they want to get jacked they have to go to a gym they have to lift weights and do deadlifts and stuff like that and you're out here posting videos and you just flowing and having fun and you're more jacked than most of the people in the gym so I think it's it's awesome to get that message out there because I think more people need to realize that.
0: Thank you. Th- those are for me. It's it's diff- It was difficult to start posting stuff like that because it it's one level to do it. And then it's another level actually film it and then, and then there's a third level of sharing it online because afraid of like I don't know what people will think. But I I, I for me, my experience has been yeah, the, the movement practice, working out, exercising does help the body get stronger, but there are other components to it, kind of similar to some of the things that we've we've touched on, like sunshine, earthing. Um obviously Eating and nourishing diet, deep sleep, like these all play into it. And when we talk about lifestyle and holistic health, like you were mentioning, it's it is really this all-encompassing approach where you've got. I, I envision it sort of like a wheel where each of these spokes need to be true in order for the wheel to be you know turning and and running. And I don't know if what how you kind of conceive this on on your end at getting all these lifestyle habits kind of to work together and 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 play to create the symphony of your health. But was it what is it sort of Feel like, on, on your end.
1: Yeah, I, I like that. I like that analogy, the the wheel and all the different spokes in there. I, I struggled for a while just getting, like I would get one thing to focus on, whether it was like grounding or, you know, whatever it was, and I would just laser in on that and kind of forget about all the other stuff. I think for me, it was mainly just getting into like a solid routine where it's like every day, you know, I wake up and I do these, just prioritize these same things every day so I can kind of hit all of those different, boxes and and just maintain the health that I want to have by doing all these things on a daily basis instead of like, you know, this week I'm going to really focus on grounding every day. It's like, even if it's just 10 minutes a day of that and, you know, all the other stuff for 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is, just that routine of doing it on a daily basis, I think really helped me get into that, the flow there and, and not feel like I had to do this or like I have to go out of my way to live holistically. It's just like a part of my daily routine now
0: nice yeah it, it does feel automated at, at some point and then you've got you know more time energy and space to kind of do whatever it is makes you feel fulfilled to kind of create you know chase chase your dreams or kind of create create the the reality that you feel like you were born on on this earth to do the, the destiny that you have instead of having to struggle with all these health issues which if we look at the world at large we could say like uh, things are collapsing like the world is you know going to going to hell in a handbasket you know people freak out about the way state of the world and i think i i believe a a big root cause of that is that there's so much lost vitality everyone's kind of suffering to just get back to baseline get their head above water that they're not able to then kind of be themselves or, or fulfill their their destiny and and i think as a collective we're suffering at a root cause level that that our vitality is is just being sapped by a lot of things that we're describing, a lack of connection with nature and a just overload of stress and toxins and, and not being able to mitigate that in, in a way that is kind of nourishing and, and holistic, which I think we've both kind of discovered through our own experimentation and also through learning learning what other people are sharing online. Who are, who are some of the outlets that you looked up to, some of the, the teachers and, and, and mentors that you got great information from?
1: Yeah, there was – so there was a bunch like the original like AJAC and all the like fitness accounts and stuff like that. So I, I was really into like fitness and all that before I kind of went down this health journey. Um, but yeah, just seeing like Dr. Sean Baker and uh, Pran Yoganathan, he's not as well known as some of these other guys. but He talks a lot about – he's like gastroenterologist, talks a lot about nutrition and all that. Um, but yeah, a lot of the guys in like that space focusing on the nutrition – that's kind of where I started and then it just opened me up to these other people. Like, you know, some people are talking about like grounding and then there's other people talking about EMS and it just kind of like, it was like this whole world was opened up to me once I got to that initial spot of digging more into the diet. Um, and yeah, that's what's, that's what's so great about it now. It's like, there's hundreds of accounts even in our little small space in health Twitter just putting out so much helpful information. I feel like every time I used to log in and every time I would just be like, Sports or politics or something like that, but now every time I log in, it's like really, really helpful information. Whether it's on business or health or relationships, it's it's crazy how much useful information is out there.
0: It's a great point. So, social media really can be something that is deleterious or, or helpful, depending on how like who you are tuning into. What what is your thought on on social media at this point? You've get, been since you've been engaging with it on, on both levels.
1: Yeah, I still struggle with it. Like I still catch myself just scrolling because like I said, there is so much helpful information. So I'll start there and then I'll end up in, in some tangent. But I think overall, it's definitely a net positive. There's like people I know that have met, you know, made friends with people from other sides of the world. There's like some of the clients I work with are in like Mexico or in Europe or like places I would never have interacted with them before. But because of social media, I'm able to help them. I'm able to increase their health and their vitality just through something like Twitter, which is is crazy to me. So I think it is a net positive. I think you just have to, you have to know how to use it. You have to kind of be disciplined and know when you get to that point where you're just scrolling for fun instead of like trying to actually provide value or, or get valuable things out of it. Um, but that's the, that's a tricky part. And I, I still struggle <laughs> with that today. I'm definitely better at it now
0: yeah I, I don't know if anyone really has a has a grip on it it's such a such a wild beast you try and like use it intentionally but it's, it's a fine line between using it intentionally and all of a sudden an hour going by and you're just you know over scrolled and it's so difficult I feel like the people who get I was I was listening to uh Tim Ferriss the other day say he just deleted everything from his phone and I'm thinking like well that would be that's like kind of what you have to do. You have to if you really want to get a grip on it, you've got to kind of remove it from the phone. Otherwise, otherwise it's just right there and it's too easy to access and, and just kind of stay on. But that's that's a big step and mostly especially if you're at a point where you are working to striving to create and share a lot of value like someone like Tim Ferriss has already made it essentially where it's like he doesn't need to be, you know, creating consistently. It doesn't, you know, he can just kind of chill, lay back and chill. But for someone like like us, we're we're you know we're sort of in the thick of trying to help people and trying to kind of spread our, our message. So it being having it there and and leveraging it to kind of create and share and, and kind of change other people's minds to to help them to access a, a higher quality of life. It's kind of something that I guess we got to deal with in a way to to be able to keep creating consistently and getting ideas and connecting with people.
1: Yeah. I'm a big fan of Tim's stuff like the just the way he describes like only checking emails like once a week or something like that I like how he kind of like sets boundaries there's like I'm this time of the day I'm not working I'm focusing on like personal life and doing these things I think kind of setting those boundaries I like to have like freedom and not just be like every minute of my day is scheduled because I like to have that creativity and stuff but to an extent I do like having some of the the like methods that he uses like every day stop working at like 4 p.m. and just go outside and go for a walk or enjoy yourself something like that it kind of helps having those boundaries there and prevents me from just sitting inside and staying on social media all day Um, but yeah it's definitely a it's a tough tough balance to to get and um, I think his his overall theory not just on like business but on like personal life and I know he has a book on like health and nutrition and stuff like that too. Um, but I think the way he thinks about things, I like that a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He was a real thought leader for just in the past, you know, a couple of decades, it seems like he, he, he's really leveraged the internet to better than, than most other people as, as like an individual content creator. He was kind of the trailblazer in a lot of ways with that whole concept of how to use the internet and present ideas and kind of bring things together and, And share it in in a way that is compelling for people i think he's changed the whole generation of of you know people to to see the world in a a different way it's pretty pretty crazy obviously it wasn't perfect but even just the concept of like the 80 20 rule you know the pareto optimality is so so powerful just implementing that one and that before he came around that was probably just like some you know idea in an economics textbook and he just like really popularized it
1: yeah yeah it's i know i forget when he wrote the like four hour work week but I read that, honestly, recently was the first time I ever read that, like within the last year, year and a half. And it's crazy to think about, like, I know he wrote it a while ago. It's crazy. He was, like, so far ahead on these things. And now all the stuff he talks about is just, like, what everybody's focusing on now and everybody's starting to implement that themselves. But, yeah, he was way ahead of his time with that stuff.
0: Yeah. What what are some things you think that are ahead of the curve now, but in 10, 20 years is just going to be common commonplace
1: it's a good question um i think a lot of this stuff that that we all talk about will be i think and that, that's what's good about like this this space on twitter and, and instagram is like people showing that they do these quote-unquote like esoteric like crazy conspiracy things but they also live like interesting lives they're you know jack they go out and travel and do fun things I think that like opens the door to people to realize that you don't have to be a crazy person to do these kinds of things. I think grounding and, and getting sunlight, not wearing sunscreen, like avoiding tap water, all of those things. I don't, I don't know if I'd say like within the next five years, but I'd say like, you know, maybe ten ten 10 plus years from now, like people, a lot of people will be starting to talk about that and it won't be as out there as I think it is now.
0: I agree. I was recently, I've recently been jamming on the the concept of quantum health. Have you gone down that rabbit hole? Not a little bit familiar, but I haven't, haven't gone too deep on that. It's just, it's essentially, it's a very bizarre name, right? Kind of nerdy, like quantum health, but it it kind of encapsulates like the power of sunshine, circadian rhythm, uh, the dangers of EMF and blue light. Like a lot of these esoteric sort of things that you can't touch or feel, right? You can't, really touch or feel electromagnetic frequencies from wi-fi from your phone or even when you're grounding like it's subtle you can I, I believe you can detect it might be in my imagination but i feel like i feel like i can subtly feel like when i'm earthing when i'm barefoot on the earth i can feel an energy especially after 20 minutes my my stress levels go a noticeably dip after that like 20 minutes of, of walking around barefoot and the, and just having all these encapsulated into into a sound concept of, of understanding you know circadian rhythm the power of sunrise, sunset, um, blue light, how, how important it is to wear those blue light blockers to protect your, your sleep, like all that I think is going to become more common uh, knowledge and, and more widespread. I, I agree it's because it, it's just so powerful and accessible and, and easy. And especially as these things, these things become more pervasive in our life using technology at night or um, having more electromagnetic frequencies from, from various smart devices. All these things, as as we're going to start to see sickness, probably not get better first. Probably get worse from here. You know, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. But then these ideas are going to become more important, more salient, and and they're going to spread uh, more widely. I I agree, hundred percent.
1: Yeah, I I've honestly, it's been like just over a year since I started posting like on my accounts and stuff like that. I've noticed, I know it is a bit of like the echo chamber effect, but I've noticed when I first started posting, like I would talk about some of these things to people or post about them. And a lot of people feel like you're crazy. Like, what are you talking about? But now it's like when I have these conversations with people or when I get on with like a client or something, they're way more receptive to it. And I don't know if it's just that this area of like health Twitter is growing and reaching more people or if it's just like the whole world is is kind of changing, which would be awesome but yeah i've definitely even over the last year i've definitely noticed a uh, a change
0: yeah no 100 100%, 100% i back not too long ago the concept of org- organic food was deemed as kind of crazy people would be like oh there's nothing wrong with you know these pesticides that that are being, being sprayed in front spraying the food like what are these crazy hippies talking about organic food that's you know nonsense now it's it's commonplace exception by like most people they understand, yeah, organic food is better quality You do know? I don't really want the pesticides on my food if I can help it, if I can choose. And now there's, you know, even a whole next level of people, because organic has been essentially industrialized in a lot of ways, you can buy organic food at the grocery store. And the, unfortunately, that's essentially been taken over by industrial agriculture in a lot of ways where you've got these large, massive monocrop farms that are making organic food, even though it's not necessarily what people would expect when they're, they're getting organic now this like deeper understanding, okay, if I get from a local small farm, really that's, that's where the good stuff is. Cause we've got <laughs> these companies that care about the soil. They're not pack- packaging it up and shipping it across, across the world to get to the grocery store where it's labeled as organic. That's, that's been another deep sort of realization for me this past years is, is that importance of the local food and, and supporting small farms if possible, because it's a real reciprocal relationship where it's, it's going to be much higher quality, um, experience overall more nutrient dense and then also just more flavorful when, when i'm eating it
1: yeah that's a that's a really good point about the organic that i would classify myself as that like 15 years ago if you would have said organic makes a big difference i would have probably laughed at you but that's a great example of like one of those things that used to be kind of out there and like you know you're stupid for spending extra money on organic doesn't make a difference and now it's like very well accepted that it does I hope some of these other things like the blue light and all that definitely follows that path. Um, but I, yeah, I agree with the, the local food as well. I'm, I feel very fortunate because a lot of the, the people I talk to or people I work with, they don't have like farms or farmers markets or any of that stuff near them. So they can go to things like Whole Foods, which might be better than just like a standard grocery store. But you're right. You, you go to like these farms or local places and it doesn't look as, everything's perfect in the grocery store there it's got like some blemishes it doesn't look great but the taste it's just it's incredible and like you like you were saying with the grounding you can kind of subtly feel if I eat fruit from a local farm versus fruit that I eat at a grocery store I just feel like I have more energy I feel like I digest it better it just definitely makes a difference and I think people either moving to places where they have access to that or realizing that they do have access to those and starting to go to them. I think that's, uh, that might be the next like organic people focusing on that more.
0: And that leads, that leads me to the next thing that's coming to mind is, is the raw milk. The other, you know, super popular thing that's just been exploding lately on on the internet. What's the raw milk situation like in, in Miami?
1: Thankfully I can get it here. There's a, uh, there's a farm about like 15 minutes for me that has everything. They got butter, like everything you can possibly think of quality raw. Um, so that's great. I was where I was previously in Ohio. I think it was, um, I think it was illegal to sell it there. Um, or I just like never saw it there, but I used to be super sensitive to any type of dairy, whether it was milk, yogurt, anything. And then I started reading, um, I think it's Josh Rainer-Gold. Like, he always posts about that stuff. So I started, like, eventually reintroducing raw dairy. And I was starting with, like, fermented. It's got a little bit less lactose in there. And it was crazy. Like, I could tolerate it perfectly fine, um, especially, like, A2 goat or sheep's milk. So I just kept expanding. Like, I'll try cheese now. And then I tried milk and, like, everything. And I just never had the reaction that I previously had. And I think it – I think the raw has, has a huge – part of that but also the fact that it's from like a local farm it's not from these industrialized like cows that are just packed into a factory and incredibly unhealthy so it's just higher quality in general Uh, but yeah that's a that's an interesting one it's insane to me that raw dairy is illegal in a lot of places even some entire countries and you can get alcohol or you know even drugs in some places are legal it's just insane to me
0: yeah Absolutely mind blowing, and I I did the exact same experience as you. I, I was I was reading what Josh was writing about the raw dairy. I had no idea about it. I was thirty one at the time, I think. had had never been presented with the idea <laughs> of raw dairy. I didn't even understand what pasteurization was. And then all of a sudden, that just blew my mind. I got some raw milk at the store. You know, I had I thought I was lactose intolerant, had been eating, you know, uh, like coconut, cashew, almond based cheeses and milks because I thought that was what I had to do. If I if I had Dairy, it would it would give me, you know, a bad situation (laughs) to (laughs) get down that road. And then I'm and all of a sudden the the raw milk tastes amazing. I'm able to digest it. And now I can enjoy cheese again, ice cream, all these amazing things, some of the best things on earth. Cheese, ice cream, kefir, yogurt. It's it's just been absolutely life-changing in such a such a deep and powerful way. So I have been trying to spread that message as well, but it is amazing sharing that out because not everyone has access to it. And and then some people are afraid of it. And it's like very controversial, but it has been really over the past few years the the biggest single driver in, in my quality of life has has been the the raw dairy and then the subsequent ability to be able to digest and assimilate. The, the pasteurized areas as well and it's just yeah has been amazingly an awesome part of uh you know the past couple of years
1: yeah yeah there's it's great like it's just one of the most nutritious things you can have and that kind of the dairy i guess opened me up to realizing that things like ice cream or like foods like that they're not bad foods it's just the things that they're made with they're made with low quality dairy products they have all kinds of additives in there But it's the same thing with like the burgers. Like I've seen you post the the sweet potato bun burger. Like you can eat that with quality meat, with organic sweet potatoes, and that's a healthy food compared to like you know low quality grain fed burgers with buns that have a list of ingredients you could turn into a novel. And it's crazy. It it opened my eyes. It all started with the raw dairy, like you're saying, but it just opened my eyes to like all these other foods out there that I completely cut out french fries stuff like that i thought they were unhealthy it's like no just switch the ingredients and, and you're good you can eat basically anything you want
0: that is that is also one of the most powerful realizations of of this you know new wave of health vitality nourishment is, it, is this idea of like the french fries aren't bad it's the fact that these potatoes are cooked in seed oil you know you can make it at home in, in tallow or if you're fortunate there's a restaurant near you that cooks in you know, a nourishing fat like tallow, you could use seed oil scout to look at your, that's an app where you, where you can check out your local restaurants and, and see if, if any of them cook in olive oil or, or tallow. Some do. And then it's, it's good to kind of patronize those ones. You'd be able to eat in a way that's a little bit less inflammatory when you, when you do go out. And then when you're cooking at home, you can make pretty much anything you damn well, please. It can be ice cream, it can be burgers. I think pizza is kind of the hardest one because for me, I'm, I, even if it's like fermented organic sourdough, it's still difficult, a little bit difficult to digest. wheat i find but once in a while it's absolutely you know amazing it's not going to be damaging wheat is a tough one what's your opinion on on that yeah that that's a tough one i think for some it
1: it seems to be different from person to person like some people just aren't as susceptible to that and like gluten and stuff like that i think just in general like those crops in the u.s are just not great (laughs) and it's just tough in general for people to tolerate them I'm kind of the same way as you like if I have I'll have like a croissant here and there and I don't have any problems with that but if I go try to eat like a pizza it's it's like kind of an overload there um so here and there it's it's fine and I I still include stuff like that but um I just in general try to avoid gluten and and wheat and stuff like that as much as I can
0: Yeah I think I think the best like closest substitute I've found which I'm not a huge fan of just the, the concept of like food substitutes seems kind of I don't know, dorky to me, where it's like I've made you know a pizza out of potato, but it's <laughs> it can like it, it's still it can, if it still tastes good, it, then it, then I don't see what the big deal is. I just could maybe call it something else, but a meat a pizza, for example, especially with something like ground chicken. Uh, Force of nature makes an amazing ground chicken. You can get an ancestral blend even that's got a high percentage of organs, so it's very nutrient dense. You kind of flatten that out into uh, a you know a pizza crust shape generally and then you just put sauce and cheese on it uh, you only bake it and then you put the sauce and cheese on and it just basically uh you know Brown chicken burger with marinara sauce and melted cheese on it it's absolutely amazing and it, i'd say it's even better than most of the pizzas i've had to be honest with you and it's very nourishing and uh, nutrient dense and delicious and that so that's an option too for folks listening that are kind of like really craving a pizza but don't want to have to deal with upset stomachs if, if you're in that you know arena where yeah pizza has is an awesome way to sort of hit that spot
1: yeah i've never i haven't tried that one yet i'll, I'll definitely have to give that a try but those the ancestral blends i'm a gonna big fan of those I have like friends and family members that have wanted to try like organ meats and stuff like that but they're just so turned off by the fact of eating like a liver or a heart or something but you get those I've done the ground beef uh, ancestral blend and it doesn't doesn't taste like there's any organ meats in there it just tastes like a normal uh ground beef so I think those are I've seen more and more of those types of companies pop up and provide like shipping across the country and providing people like high quality meats and dairy and stuff like that. I think that's amazing. It's kind of like what you were saying too, like restaurants that some of them cook in, in tallow or they use olive oil and stuff like that. I don't know if it's one of those effects where now that I'm conscious of that, I'm just noticing it more. Or if there are more places cooking like that. Cause I've seen like around Miami and different places I've been, I've seen restaurants like explicitly state that we cook in olive oil or we use tallow or stuff like that, which is cool because I think um, that's one of the hardest things is if you're traveling or if you you know going out to dinner or something, it's very hard to eat foods that aren't gonna just cause crazy inflammation.
0: Yeah, that is that is a challenging part, and I think I don't know if it if it's mostly a, a big city phenomenon, but I, there's definitely more of those places uh, coming coming around because there, there's a market for it you know that they're, they're going to follow the money and if if we as, as consumers are voting with our dollars and we're really going to reshape the food landscape and the food system at a, at a fundamental level by by changing what we buy and, and what we eat and how we choose to spend our money and and the ancestral blends those are those are incredible really one of the most innovative food products i've seen in the past few decades is, is being able to take the most nutrient dense parts of an animal the organs integrate it into ground beef so that you don't even really notice that they're there because they, they can have a different taste very different texture which can be a little bit off-putting and uh one thing that that's coming to mind that i didn't want to make sure we we talked about was was um fasting we, we talk about raw milk a little bit before. I know some people go on raw milk fast, bone broth fast. You went carnivore for a while, which you could perceive that as a meat fast. And I think you've also done you know, water fast or zero calorie fast. What what has your experience been like with, with all that sort of healing modality?
1: Yeah, it's, I, I've done it. Like when I first got introduced to it, it was more for like the gastrointestinal reasons, just kind of trying to reset my gut and help me with a lot of the issues I was dealing with, especially inflammation. Um, so that's kind of how I got introduced to it. But the deeper I dug and like just seeing some of the stuff you talk about, like the healing properties of it, like you have an injury and you do a three or four day like water only fast. Your injury is just magically gone or feels much better after that. Um, it's yeah, it's crazy. Like I, I just did my longest fast ever. It was 117 hours. Um, and that was, it was definitely difficult. I think the longest I had done before that was like 72 Um, But it's, I get done with that. My energy, which is crazy because you don't have like these nutrients and stuff, but my energy was like through the roof. I was thinking clearer than I would like, even though I'm like a whole stack of nootropics. I just, everything feels better. Um, And I I still do it today, like more as like a maintenance thing. So I'll do it like every three months or so. Um, It's usually like 48 to 72 hours. Um, and I haven't, I've done the water really fast. I haven't done a dry fast yet. That's something I haven't looked into much. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like the, every time I do it, I just think like, wow, I, I should do this more often. because The benefits are just absolutely unbelievable.
0: Yeah, it is. It's kind of a tough one to balance within my mind. Cause a lot of t- it's, it's crazy. The mind games that all come up when I decide, okay, it's time to fast. Soon. And then it's like, well, there's some tasty food in the fridge. I should probably <laughs> eat all that first. And then there's this other concept. It's like, well, I don't want to be like, I don't want to lose my muscles. I, got, I worked hard for my, you know, that's another thing is that people will be like, I'm afraid of you know, muscle loss. And, and I think that there is some truth to that too, to a certain degree is where you're certainly not building muscle. And, and you could say, okay, potentially, there's a little bit small amount of muscle loss during that period. But on the other hand, the, the benefit is that you've got a tremendous amount of digestive regeneration, which it is to me almost like a a bow where it's being pulled back in a sense where, okay, potentially there's a a very small, especially if you're within five days, the muscle loss is going to be extremely small if, if, if at all. And then the digestive benefit is going to allow you to build more muscle when when you come back. Because if you're just constantly eating three meals a day all the time, that, that is probably going to take some sort of a, toll you know on the on the body with never giving it a rest or repair of, of any kind
1: yeah yeah that one of the huge benefits of it for me is like even because i am so focused on like digestion and gut health i still kind of lose my relationship with food i get busy and it's just like okay i gotta eat breakfast so i'll just scarf down some food when i do those fasts and i come back it's like it tastes so much better. I appreciate it so much better. My relationship with food is so much better. So I I slow down. I don't eat as fast. Like I really savor those meals. I think it's a really good way to kind of like reset that relationship with food that honestly, I'd say like probably 90% of people just don't have, they look at it as like an activity versus like fueling your body. And a fast is just a great way to kind of reset that.
0: I agree. Really well said. It does just Completely change instead of just taking it as something for granted that you just kind of scarf down like you said around real time. It's just like wow, this is this is just absolutely amazing. The fact that we even have this, you know, available, it's such high quality, such like easily so easily attainable, and and all these options, you know, walking to the grocery store is just absolutely mind blowing. Especially <laughs> if you haven't eaten in you know three four days, it's like wow, this is we're fortunate to have, to have all this. It's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, I think I think it was the last fast when I did the 117 hours. It was like the third or fourth day that I was doing it. I was cooking a steak for people that I was with, and that was like the honestly the biggest physical and mental challenge I think I've ever had in my life. Because it's brutal just opening the refrigerator and seeing food in there, but let alone cooking it, smelling it, watching people eat it. That was that was tough.
0: And for people who haven't fasted for for three four five days something happens around the third day where your senses really sharpen. where like your, your sense of smell especially gets like really sharp and vivid so smelling food is just like really captivating and um so yeah prop, props to you for making it through that uh <laughs> through that <exam. laughs> without just eating the whole steak right there and man that's uh it's, it's, it that's another thing that I, I could see potentially becoming more popular over time, especially because of how free and accessible it is. And, you know, we've covered through a lot of these things that people can access or if they want to learn more about, they can contact you to kind of learn about the power of, of a lot of these holistic health and lifestyle habits. Are there any more that come to mind that you think maybe we didn't quite touch on that you'd like to kind of bring up?
1: Yeah, I think. Personally, I think stress is not just with like gut and digestive health, just overall health. I think that is one of the biggest factors that people overlook. And it's, it's so easy to like you, you wake up every day, you got a whole list of things you got to do. You got to work, you got kids whatever it is. Stress is just a part of everybody's life. And it's not, you definitely want to try to minimize your exposure to re- or stress as much as possible, but also just managing it. Like meditation was something i also used to think was kind of crazy and woo woo but the more i started doing that and deep breathing and just different types of like cold exposure stuff like that that kind of like takes you out of your mind and reconnects your mind and your body that really really helped me manage my stress and like specifically for gut health, that's a really, really important factor. It, it can worsen leaky gut. It can cause inflammation, cause dysbiosis, all kinds of issues there. And that's all the people I work with. That's one of the huge things I talk about because um, I think it is just overlooked by a lot of people. It causes a ton of issues for them.
0: It's a big one. It's a big one. And for, for you, so meditation, deep breathing with, and cold exposure, were those the three modalities that, that work best for you?
1: That, yeah. I also like any exercise that just takes, like you have to be fully focused on it. So like Muay Thai, uh, jujitsu, like swimming, things like that, where it's like, I have to focus on this or else somebody's going to turn me into a pretzel. (laughs) Like those help me just forget about whatever is stressing me and, and get that exercise and expend expenditure of energy. All of that stuff is great as well. Um, so yeah, I think those are the main ones. Like I always, I try to do meditation, like at least, or deep breathing or something like that at least once a day. Um, and then yeah, the martial arts and stuff like that's something I got into the last few years and that's been, that's been a huge help as well.
0: You think that's flow state ac- accessing flow state? Do you feel like that's a big part of the,
1: yeah, I think that's a better way to put it.
0: Yeah. It, Cause it could even
1: be just like writing, like anything where you just get into that flow and you're not kind of separate from like that that mindset that you were in previously. Um, it could really be anything. It could be literally just sitting on the couch, like anything where you just kind of get into that flow state of whatever you're focusing on. I think that's a, that's a huge benefit.
0: That's a deep one. Cause I'd never made that connection before thinking about flow as an opposite of stress in a way where it's almost like an antagonist as a way to like dissipate and dissolve stress by accessing flow. And I think everyone has, some familiarity with being lost in the moment and just really enjoying whatever it is that you're, they're doing. And we all maybe have our own unique sort of relationship to flow, to, to flow state. Like for me, movement practice is, is, is a big way to do this, but also writing, podcasting, and, and any, any form of creative cooking can be a great flow state where you're just in the kitchen chopping vegetables while something's frying and you, you just putting the spice on the salt and all of a sudden, you know, you've got this beautiful meal and it was just like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> what happened there? And yeah, that, that's a great point. I think that is also a great way to sort of go full circle on, on, on this conversation that we've had, because this, you know, it's been 55 minutes. I feel like this flew by, I definitely accessed a flow state there. So I appreciate you <laughs> joining me and co-creating this, this episode. It's, it's been a blast and I definitely feel less stressed uh, now than I did beforehand. So thank you for for joining me to uh, dive, dive in, tap into a, a full state and share, share your story with, with everybody listening. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, Appreciate you taking the time to, to connect and jam.
1: Yeah, man. Appreciate you having me on. It was, uh, it was a pleasure. I'm glad we could finally connect.
0: Any sort of last, last message or, or parting thought that you'd like to leave people with before we, before we go on?
1: The best way I would put it is just kind of like using yourself as like a guinea pig in a way. I think that's doing that myself and experimenting with different diets and experimenting with fasting and like these different like blocking blue light and grounding and all of that stuff. Just try it out yourself. I think a lot of people hear about it and they think it's crazy or like somebody's going to judge me for it or whatever it is. But once you do that and you just kind of break through that mental barrier, it just opens your your entire life to like a whole new universe. Um, So I think as much as you can do the experimentation and and try new things, the better.
0: Tremendous. Nick, thank you. Thanks, Case.